So welcome back into week two of the Backroads Podcast. This is season four. Did I have that right, Bob? That's four. Yep. Four episode made. two. Episode two. Happy to be back here. We got the first week of scrimmages in. We've got our D2, uh, I guess you would say, roundup, recap, look at uh, forward two in, in, in division two. Yes, we'll talk about the drama in D2, but very, very shortly. Trust me. <laughs> We're not going to spend a lot of time there, but uh, let's get this thing started. I'm Craig Spree with the Happy Sports Network and PressPassSports.com. And I'm Bobby Brown with Texas 1A Fan. So, Bobby, it's great to be back on. And I actually was really looking forward to this episode, and, and it's going to sound weird to people, but I think right off the bat, we got to talk about a very serious injury that occurred in a scrimmage between Hermley and Valley in Borden County. And Valley stud running back Blake Beard was on a run, ended up getting tackled and broke his tibia and a fibula, ended up being a compound fracture. He got airlifted to Abilene, had surgery, had a rod put in there to help uh, strengthen that bone. Uh, it's my understanding he got to go home yesterday, so he, he is at home. But, you know, it, I say I was looking forward to this part of it because, A, nothing made me feel more sick. I, You know, I went and watched my son at the scrimmage between Happy and Anton and Meta, and Happy did well. I was happy with that, feeling good. And it just, you know, Happy and Valley arrivals, a lot of people think they're the best two teams in region one, you know, we'll find out as the season goes on, but the last thing I want to see is another player from another team get injured, especially somebody as dynamic and gutty as Blake beard. And so, you know, I, I just wanted to get my feelings out there. It, it, it just, it just was absolutely heartbreaking for me. I hate that for the young man. You and I both watched him in track, both in uh, regional and state competition and, you know, that that to me is where I, I don't know Blake personally, but that's where I kind of grew a a liking to the young man, because you talk about gutty on the track to to run the 800 meter relay and then turn around and run the 400. He passed out at state at the end of the 400. That's how much he gave into everything. It really, really Im impressed me. And I thought a lot about him. And so just to hear that news was just absolutely heartbreaking for me. Yeah, same for me. It made me feel sad all over. You know, I, I just hate it when any kid gets hurt. But you're right. We watched him at track and he is a gutty, gutty athlete. But he's an excellent athlete with a great attitude, very focused. That kind of characteristic that he has will help him get over this severe injury because it's going to it's going to take a, a while to come back from this. My heart goes out to Blake and his family. Um, the one thing I thought about was, oh my gosh, his mama, uh, you know, when you're a mom, it kind of, it just reaches in, it grabs your heart and it just rips it from your chest because you, you want the very best for your kids. I've, I just felt terrible for the injury for Blake, for his mom and dad and the community of Valley. Uh, most definitely. I did talk to my good friend, your friend as well, Kale Steed with Press Pass Sports. He talked to Blake yesterday. Uh, he said Blake was in really good spirits, which is good to hear. He said he was taking it very well. Um, and that's a tough thing. I mean, this is a young man who's a senior. Eight to 12 weeks is what he's being told for recovery time on this. I don't know if that lets him get back to football or not. That That's neither here nor there. I just hope it doesn't impact his track season after what we saw last year. All of the, everybody but Jackson Edwards coming back for that Valley team when it comes to track. They'll have an opportunity potentially to repeat as state champions uh, in track. And so, you know, I just love for him to get back and get back to where he was at. So such a tough, tough deal. And, you know, that that's the bad thing when, when you go through football is injuries are just a part of the game. And it's something that we have to deal with. Uh, when we get to the Balmeray, one of their good players we found out is out for the year now. So, you know, it's just, it, it happens. Yeah, I hate it. But the severity of this one, I think, just really put a, an asterisk on, on this injury. Well, and you know, one good thing about um, having the um, heart of an athlete is that here you are at the top of your game and you have this season-ending injury, but also, you know, that could affect him for the rest of his life. So, 
his good attitude, maybe just working toward getting better and being able to walk and do the things that he used to do in a normal way for a high quality of life. Definitely. So, but you know, best of luck uh, in recovery to, to Blake Beard and uh, our, our best wishes to you. I know that uh, six man land has really reached out to the beards, giving them lots of prayers, wrap their arms around them. No surprise there. That is what the six man community in class one a is all about. They've definitely done that, but our, our best to Blake and his parents and to his teammates who had to see that happen and go through that. That's definitely, I don't care what you say, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. That is still a tough thing to see. It is. It's tough for an adult to see, but you know, I have no doubt with uh, John Stanley at the helm that he's going to gather those kids around Blake and Blake is going to be their biggest supporter and the Valley Patriots are going to do well this year. Definitely. Well, let's move on. And we talked about scrimmages. I went to a couple of scrimmages myself. Happy, Anton, Meta. That was uh, one of them that I went to. Anton, uh, it's my understanding, without five starters right now, they've got injuries. Wow. So that that's really tough. Um, Happy was definitely dominant in this scrimmage. Um, kind of expected that. Uh, and without their five starters, I was really curious, trying to get a gauge on who Anton is this year, only two starters returning both sides of the ball. Uh, so didn't really get a good look at that. And then on Saturday, I went over to groom where they always have a really big scrimmage this year. They had eight teams there. Uh, I'm not going to try to name them all off. Cause I promise you I'll forget one of them, but, uh, I you know, actually I think I have a list of that. Well, I, I can start down and I can tell you it was groom, Silverton, LaFors, McLean, Klondike, White there, and Will, and Will Dorado. Petersburg wasn't there. It was Will Dorado. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that that's who showed up for that one. Um, you know, notes I took out of that one. Let me tell you something. And and you and I were texting because I had to ask you some questions because you know this a little bit better than I do. Creed Warren. <laughs> Wait, oh, can you say yeah. that again? <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going to say that twice. Sorry, I I couldn't I could not resist. <laughs> oh, I got to think Coach DeGraff and Reed's got to be happy. Creed Warren was impressive as a running back, so fast. If you give him the edge, forget it. You, they're just I can't imagine there's a whole lot of players in Division Two and six man going to catch him. But he impressed me too coming between the tackles. If he got some daylight, he was extremely shifty. I thought he was one of the best players I saw out there. I thought Shane Franks from Follett looked good running out of that traditional running set that they do. They've got Coach Kyle Timmons up there. Looks like they might be throwing the ball a little bit more than they have in the past. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, Stephen Keeler at Groom. He looked good, especially on the defensive side. Groom is small. Let me tell you something. This is well, not Groom teams of old. Well, they haven't been very large or tall uh, <laughs> for, for several years. But, you know, last year we talked about uh, Stephen. Keeler and how fast and shifty and just gritty he is. Uh, talk about some heart. That kid's got it. He does not let his size get in the way. And actually, he uses it to his advantage. De definitely. Uh, Coach Rucker there at White Deer really got his team playing with a lot of passion. I love to see that. Rance Barnett, the new coach at Wilderado, saw some wrinkles there. They were definitely going out of a lot of spread. Uh, twins and, and trips uh, left and right. So that was interesting to watch. But let me tell you something, uh, uh, just real fast. I want to talk about the Silverton Owls. They may have the two biggest backs in all of six-man football. I'm not sitting here telling you they're the best backs in the world, although they're pretty talented. But Sawyer Francis, six foot three, 220 pounds. Cooper wow. Cox, six foot five, 230 pounds. Two very large human beings at the uh, running back and quarterback position there for Coach Hearns and the Owls. So so what you're saying is they're going to be a little hard to bring down. Uh, definitely. Francis has got some speed as well. Cox can uh, sling it out there at times. So it uh, will be interesting to see how Silverton does, and we'll get there here in a minute. But uh, yeah, that's kind of a, a wrap-up of, of kind of what I saw there. And uh, I thought LaFour's. They looked a little bit better than what I had seen last year, so they're trying to build momentum. Um, so it'll be really interesting. I, lo I love watching going to those kind of scrimmages because you can see so many teams, and 
you know, like Follett got to go against Klondike. And it was really interesting because it was the, the, the pound and ground of Follett versus that, that flash and dash that Creed Warren and Klondike brought. So that was a lot of fun as well. I like that flash and dash. Maybe we should just use that to describe <laughs> Klondike from now on. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And yourself, I know you uh, know a little bit about what went on at uh, Jayton. Yes, let's see. It was Jayton, Kroll, Nazareth, Spur, Knox City. Some of the teams that looked pretty good. Uh, Knox City looked really good, as did Nazareth. Uh, Spur was very solid. Um, Kroll still trying to get their feet under them a little bit. Uh, Roby was there with, uh, you know, their new coach, DeLeon. I thought it was pretty impressive that Jayton was playing all those, or scrimmaging all those you know, D1 team. So that's a good way to prepare just right out of the box. Oh, no, no doubt there. The, uh, I think they're third ranked. Uh, we'll pull up the rankings here in a minute. The, the Jaybirds from Jayton. And, uh, it, you know, it, it's tough when you go up against those division one schools, because what people don't realize is a lot of times you're a school of 50 or 60 in enrollment going against a school of 90. Well, those 30 kids make a huge difference because if nothing else, it really helps on your depth. Oh, definitely. You know, you could have 29 team uh, kids on that team. And then you look over at Jayton, you might have, I don't know. I was, I know there was a year that they only had nine boys in high school and all nine played. So well, there you go. I, I mean, it's, it's crapshoot every year. Um, we've talked about how things ebb and flow at six man schools. You know, you might have a plethora of girls and very few boys, and then wait a couple of years and it'll flip-flop. So I think Jayton has a plethora of boys right now. That's this sounds like good. a good segue into Division Two. They have 73 teams this year competing it out to see who goes to state in December. Yeah, most definitely. And we'll start in Region 1 in that first district. And we talked about several of those teams led by the Groom Tigers, 8-4 and four last year. Four starters coming back each side of the ball. We talked about Stephen Keeler. He really is the, the go-to there. Uh, Blaine Shuck is a really good uh, spread center and cornerback as well for the Tigers. Under new coach Tory Pete, uh, Coach Tony Dotson has moved on, done that favorite thing, gone to admin alone. Uh, There's another one. We talked exactly. about this last week. Exactly. So Coach Pete in charge there. Uh, other teams in that district, we talked about the Silverton Owls. Six returners on offense, five on defense. Here's the best note about Silverton. They have the second-team All-State punter coming back in Braylon Estes. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing, a bad thing, but, <laughs> hey, if you're Braylon Estes, you go, I was All-State. <laughs> well, and really, if you think about it, how many times do teams punt? Exactly. I mean, it's crazy. Um, I did have the chance to get some information from Coach Pete at groom and he said just like we're talking about senior Stephen keeler led the team last year in rushing yards passing yards touchdowns and tackles senior blaine shuck led the team in receptions and receiving yards and interceptions these two were integral parts of a successful 2021 season and they will be counted on with not only their athletic ability but also their strong leadership, and he expects them to anchor this young groom Tiger team. Well, I definitely saw that in the scrimmage. The Tigers going into the season ranked number 10. We do have the sixmanfootball.com ranking, so we're going to go off of those uh, moving forward the best that we can. So groom ranked number 10. We talked about Silverton, the other teams in that district, the Headley Owls, uh, four starters returning both sides of the ball, led by Josh Booth. Uh, he's a, a a pretty solid running back and defender there for uh, Coach Todd Loudermilk in his first year with the Headley Owls. And then also in that uh, district, uh, the LaForce Pirates, three starters coming back both ways for new head coach Cameron Armstrong. I thought they looked a little bit better than they did last year. I, I saw a little oomph to them, so that's always good to see. And then the Derazette Longhorns. So they were 1-9 last season. They, they did defeat Harold. Four starters returning back both sides of the ball. You know, the big question for Derrizette's going to be, can they finish out the season? Injuries uh, really uh, hurt them last year, so they mm -hmm. had to do a couple of forfeits. And that is one thing that we'll see more here in Division Two is these teams, you know, you look at it, Westbrook had 39 kids come out. Some of these schools in Division Two, 
don't have 39 kids in the school. Yeah, so that's crazy, it, it, isn't it? It is. It is. And it that's what really makes this interesting here. So that's a look at uh, District 1. I do think Groom is the uh, favorite there. Um, they've been for a lot of years. I don't see that changing. Uh, watch for the Silverton Owls, though. They might make a little bit of noise there with Francis and Cooper Cox. Uh, moving on to, to uh, District 2. This is a district with Amherst, Cotton Center, Hart, Last Buddy, and Whit Harrell. And I think you have to start with the Whit Harrell Panthers. Under new head coach Jeremy Holt, we talked about last week, Coach Clint Lindman has moved on to Whiteface. So Jeremy Holt takes over. And boy, tell you what, the cupboard is far from bare there. Six starters returning both sides of the ball. Everybody comes back. I mean, well, what, yeah, he is the head coach. I know, and he has twenty nine players this year and seven seniors. That's a, that's a nice little group to work with. I actually uh, spoke to Coach Holt on the phone a little bit, and he said that they are blessed, and Whitterell has very uh, good kids, and a lot of them. They are too deep in every spot on offense and defense. And he does believe they have a target on their back, as we both know they do. So they're going to go week to week, and coaches have to do a great job of planning and approaching it as teams will be well prepared. And probably, as you and I have seen, Craig, they will probably have their best game against Whit Harrell. So he's coming back to six man after being over in the 11 man world for a while. And he is extremely excited to be back. Welcome back, Coach Holt. And and he is a, uh, we talk, this is the Silverton show. He's a former Silverton owl. So he is. Yeah. Well, welcome back to Coach Holt. Whit Harrell ranked number six in the state. There's a reason they've got an honorable mention all state, Jack Griffin coming back. Shamadric Weavers coming back, second team spread back, and honorable mention defense from reg from uh, the regional teams. Our man Ryan McDaniel and his mom, <laughs> who's always just super excited in the stands. Yeah, uh, he'll be back out there as well as uh, the little Spitfire that I like, oh, Nomar Gomez. That little dude just he'll give you everything he's got. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he will give you everything you've got. So, Whit Harrell, like I say, eight and three last season, six starters returning both sides of the ball. The heavy favorites coming out of this district. But then when you look at the rest of this district, it's going to be really interesting. I think Amherst may come into this one as the uh, second spot or the leading qualifier for it. Five and four last year, four starters coming back, both sides of the ball for Coach Hinosa. Cotton centers in this district. Now they've got six starters coming back on offense, five on defense. They went two and seven last year. Same as last buddy. They have uh, three starters from both sides of the ball coming back under their new head coach, John Williams. And then the Hart Longhorns under Armando Solis, the former Petersburg coach. He is there at Hart. One and nine last season, but they do have five starters coming back, both sides of the ball. Hart's one of those teams that every so often they sneak up in, and good athletes go through Hart. It just kind of ebbs and flows. And if you can catch it right, they might surprise some people. I I saw them play last year, and they surprised me. <laughs> So uh, I was expecting one thing. It got something totally different. It was very joyous to to see all. But, you know, like you said, Cotton Center can sneak in there. Hart, Lasbetty. I think after Whit Harold, this one is wide open. I'm with you there. On to District 3. And really, this whole region probably runs through this district because the Balmeray Bears have stepped up into Region 1. And I promise you, the other schools are going, really? Yeah. Why? We have to get Balmeray. Uh, the dean of six-man coaches, or uh, one of them, Vance Jones, at the helm one more time. They've got a plethora of all-state performers coming back. Balmeray ranked number two behind uh, the prohibitive favorite, number one, Benjamin, who we'll get to in a little bit. Don't worry. We're getting there. Uh, but Balmeray Bears, when we talk about them, Tomas Contreras, Aiden Mata, uh, Adrian Mata, Landon Lopez, all coming back. I know you got a chance to talk to Vance Jones, and I'll let you uh, fill the uh, listeners in on your conversation with Coach. Well, you know, he, he has a lot of experience coming back, and he believes that they have a good shot of making a deep run. And, and if anyone knows Vance Jones like I do, you know he's a man of few words. He smiles a lot. He demands respect. And those kids, those Balmeray Bears, they absolutely love that man and will run through a brick wall for him. You know, I don't expect it to change this year. 
one of their best players, Alex Mata. Um, shout out to Alex. Uh, he had a he had an injury and he's not going to be able to play football this year, and that breaks my heart once again. Uh, but I have no doubt that he'll be back. I believe. Let's see. I believe he's a junior. Uh, so we'll we'll see him again next year. But right now they have, uh, you know, all of these returners, Tomas Contreras. We've talked about him since he was a freshman. Aiden Mata, Adrian Mata, Landon Lopez. You know, they've they've just got so many kids. And the most impressive thing about the Balmeray Bears is the majority of these kids are juniors. That's scary. It is it, scary. It really is. You know, and the one thing that you can kind of hang your hat on with the Bears uh, that I have seen uh, being in six-man land is, man, they are going to go out and they're going to play hard every single game. And that's just, you know. Every what? single minute, Craig. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> And sometimes that can be the difference between a win or a loss because you may not be as talented, but boy, that that hard and determination that the Bears play with, uh, boy, it, just, it really comes through, especially when they get deep into the playoff run. And I think it makes a huge difference for them. Well, I, I believe so too. And also, if you throw something at them that they haven't seen on film or video when they have looked at your team, you know, they got old Vance Jones over there and he's – He's real quick to make adjustments, and those adjustments most of the time work very effectively. Well, there's probably not much that Coach Jones has not seen. So well, <laughs> somebody pulls it out, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I remember that one back in uh, 1997. Someone tried to do that one here. Watch what we're gonna do here." So exactly. Oh <laughs> you, my you, goodness. <laughs> you get that when you got coaches who've been around as long as that uh, Coach Jones has. Also in that district. Uh, you know, one of the teams that I know you were able to catch up with is Coach Shelton there in Sanderson. The Eagles, five and six last season, but five starters coming back both sides of the ball. And I've got to think that they're looking forward to a, a really quality season this year. Oh, he is extremely high on these kids. And he said that there's a different culture brewing in Sanderson, Texas. The boys have bought into the new culture and are full speed ahead. The Eagles will be led by a very strong senior class, and the offense and defense have been built completely around the speed of the boys, and it's going to be a whole new look. They have three players they're going to look to this season, senior Ryan Darkus. You remember him? I love Coach Shelton. I've known him for several years, and talk about excited and just, just a one-of-a-kind personality. He says that Ryan will be used as a Debo Samuel type utility player in every role. No uh, pressure, Ryan. No, none at all. <laughs> uh, Jeremiah Ramirez, he says Jeremiah's leadership and pure talent will help to lead this new offense to its maximum potential. And then Diego Fuentes, who's a senior, he was last year's defensive MVP for the district. And He's stronger, faster, and more experienced and ready to lead the Eagles' defense to the highest of highs. Well, Sanderson definitely looking like they are a team that could finish up uh, second. It's going to be tough for them to take out Balmeray. Uh, a lot of kids coming back, though, and that gives them an opportunity. But, you know, when you look at this region, I don't know how strong this region is. Um, you know, you've got Whitherell, you got Balmeray, you got Klondike, you got Groom. Those are all ranked teams. But beyond that, uh, you know, it's it's definitely a mixed bag there. So Sanderson might be able to make some noise, and depending on who they match up with, you never know what could happen there. Well, uh, you know, you always have those that pop up at the last minute and surprise folks. So I feel like maybe that's going to come out of Region 1 this year. Definitely. Also in that district, Grand Falls Royalty, the Cowboys, 5-5 five and five last year. Not a whole lot coming back for Coach Tom McVay there for the Cowboys. Uh, the Dell City Cougars, one and eight last year. Five starters coming back, both sides of the ball for Coach Kabinsky. Uh, so they'll be trying to make some noise. And then finally, gotta love this, the Sierra Blanca Vaqueros. I oh, like, yeah. You know, you, you just, you'll just really mess up that that team name. But four and five last year, but they do have four starters coming back, both sides of the ball. So Dell City, Grand Falls, Royalty, and Sierra Blanca all looking to make noise in a district that looks really strong with Balmeray and Sanderson. And then finally on to District 4, and it starts and ends, I believe, with the Klondike Cougars. We talked about Coach DeGraff and Reed's team. 
and uh, Creed Warren, really, really impressive player for them. And I know you were able to talk to Coach DeGraff and Reed and get his thoughts on his team. Yeah, you know, Klondike Cougars, they they lost quite a load last year, especially with the Aris Mendez brothers. However, they've got Creed Warren this year. He was out last year with an injury. Uh, he's coming off an honorable mention all-state season on both sides of the ball. He's very shifty, as you witnessed in Groom the other day. Flash and dash. Flash and dash. Uh, and Creed has put on some weight this offseason to prepare for carrying the load offensively. And you look over Truett Thixton. He's a sophomore. He made some noise last year as a freshman. Center and defensive tackle. Truett was an all-region center as a freshman. Had a great track season last spring. He's come back sophomore year in phenomenal shape and is ready to be a big contributor on the defensive side of the ball as well. And then... You have Caden Barron. He's a senior defensive utility. Barron was the guy who moved around a lot during the playoffs last year to best game plan for opponent's offense. As only one of our two seniors, we will lean on Barron in a leadership role as we expect him to continue to be a Swiss Army knife on our defense. There you go. Well, you know, I think that's a... That's a very good compliment. When someone can say you you are serving as a Swiss Army knife, that means you could do a little bit of everything. Also means you're intelligent. I yeah. promise you. <laughs> coaches, coaches don't put you in that Swiss Army knife role if you can't uh, handle multiple things. So um, that, that that's a good uh, compliment there from Coach DeGraff and Reed. I was impressed with Klondike. Uh, I do think they will make a lot of noise. Also in that district, the Luke Longhorns, eight and two last year, five starters coming back, both sides of the, of the ball. For Coach Chesley, got to love his first name, Bear Chesley. Yes, definitely. You know, who's your coach? He's the bear. <laughs> got to love it. So, uh, Loop really looking to make some noise. They've got uh, four players who gained honorable mention, uh, all-region uh, classification last year. So, they'll be looking to make some noise. And then the bottom half of this district is really interesting. Southland, Dawson, and Wilson. Combined last year, those teams went three and twenty-two. I gotta think, if nothing else, for those three teams, they are looking to try and build something more than anything. Well, and I think Southland's gonna come out on top between those three because you know they've had a, a coaching staff that um, has stuck with them for a couple of years now, and they're building a program. So, so I look to Southland to really step it up a notch this year. So there's a look at Region 1 when we talked about it. Balmeray ranked number two, Klondike number four, Whitherald number six, and Groom number 10 to round out Region 1. So let's move to Region 2, and we'll start in District 5, where it looks to be pretty competitive. We'll start with the Jayton Jaybirds, ranked at number five in the state. Uh, this is Josh Staniland, the coach, his brother John, last week for Valley. This week, Josh is up. Jaybirds 11 and 2 last season did have four starters on offense and five on defense coming back. Their newcomer of the year, Isaac King, has moved to where'd you say he moved to? Newcastle? Newcastle. So they they lose him, but they still have Caden Valerio, a, a second team all state linebacker coming back. Uh, Caleb Beck was honorable mention all state. He will be back. And I know you're able to catch up with uh, Coach Stanley and get his thoughts on the Jaybirds. Yes. And before we get to that, I just want to say that. Um, a lot of coaches I've talked to during basketball and in track, especially in track, because, um, you know, that's really a springboard into football. Um, they're all worried about Jayton's freshman class. You know that class that comes along every once in a while that's just a phenom class? Trey Ritchie's class was like that when I was in high school. There were nine pure athletes, hard workers, great attitudes, Jayden's got another class like that. They're all freshmen this year. And so keep an eye on that, folks. They they may be in the running for a while here. But Coach Stanland uh, wanted us to talk about Caleb Beck, who's a senior. Caleb had a great summer. He had some good weight and is poised to have a great season for the Jaybirds. He's a great defensive lineman and a great receiver. He's 6'3 and 175 pounds. He'll be playing football at the college level somewhere near next fall. Then you have Jaden Rivera, who's a senior. Jaden has been an important part of our team for a few years. 
this will be his first chance to be the man in our backfield. He really worked hard this summer and started practices lean and fast. Coach Stanland's excited to see what he does as it during his senior year. And he's a multi-year starter on both sides of the ball. So he has a lot of experience and it is vital for the Jaybirds. And then you have sophomore Aiden Salazar. Aiden is the best athlete in our program. And you know, that's that's high praise coming from Coach Stanland. He's big, fast, and strong. He's also intelligent and has an incredible work ethic. He started for us at guard last year as a freshman. Uh, he'll still play there occasionally, but he's primarily going to play in the backfield going forward. He's also a really good defensive end. So there's a look at the Jayton Jaybirds and Coach Stanlin, obviously for uh, for a lot of reasons, excited about their opportunity this year, ranked number five in the state. And when you look at that district, they match up in that district with the Motley County Matadors. And, you know, this is going to be interesting with Motley County because 14-1 and one last season – but they only have one starter coming back, both sides of the uh, ball, and that was a freshman, Caden Roy's now a sophomore. Uh, he was an all-state defensive end last year, all-team, uh, all-region, first-team quarterback. So that's somebody they're going to rely heavily on. I know Coach Bigham is uh, uh, excited about Colin Glass, their senior, uh, uh, senior center. He'll be an impact player for the Matadors. And then Jason Richards, yes, that would be Jake's brother. And we all know what kind of an impact that Jake had. Jason played behind him last year. Uh, so he's going to be looking to kind of break out of that. You know, brothers are always trying to do that, kind of build their own mold there. So Jason Richards will be doing that. I think this will be really interesting for Coach Bigham. He loses a lot, but he's proven to be one heck of a football coach. And I just don't know if if you look at it and go, eh, one, one starter returning both sides. I'm not sure I would take the Matadors too lightly. No, you can't take them lightly. I mean, Bigham's been there, what, 18, 19 years? He's built a program from the ground up. And, you know, he said before he does it with with kids that were born and raised there. And they all buy into that program. It's an excellent program Coach Bigham has over there. I am of the mind, again, this wonderful phrase. He doesn't rebuild. He reloads. There you go. Motley County going to go into the season ranked number eight. And then the rest of the teams in this district, you got the Guthrie Jaguars, six and four last year. They got five starters returning on offense, only two on defense. That's an odd mix there when you look at it, but uh, that's what they've got coming back. Aspermont, the Hornets, two and eight last year, but they do have four starters coming back, both sides of the ball for Coach Weaver. And then the new coach in Patton Springs, Juan Salas. He's two and eight. Last year, the Patton Springs was. He's got four starters returning back both sides of the way. For those other three teams, you, you got to look at it when when realignment came out. And I'm sure that they all went. Jayton and Motley County, are you kidding me? That's really what the district you're going to put us in? <laughs> so long road ahead for those three teams. But uh, I can imagine that Coach Salas, Coach Weaver, and Coach Denton said, bring it on. Oh, I'm sure they did, especially Coach Weaver over there in Aspermont, because, you know, being from Jayton, I understand this, but Aspermont and Jayton are bitter rivals in everything that ever happens between the two towns. So, <laughs> I mean, it's always been like that, I mean, for years and years and years. I'm sure those Aspermont Hornets are geared up and ready to take on anyone in that district after dropping down back to Division Two. Definitely. All right, Bobby. Here we go to District 6. Do we have to? (laughs) (laughs) You have to start. You have to begin and end in this district with the Benjamin Mustangs. So when we look at Benjamin, this is a team that was 11-1 last season. Six starters coming back both sides of the ball. But then all the rumors started. So they let Coach Shannon Waters, who had built a really strong program there, they let him go. I don't know why. I wasn't a part of that. I'm not going to speculate. That's not what you and I are here about. They let him go. We're going to move on from that. That's <laughs> that water under the bridge. Water, water under the bridge. So the next thing you know, James Rigdon. Oh yeah, his son Grayson. You know the the man child who ran for <laughs> Strawn as a freshman and helped them win state last year. Yes, even, I, I I remember him. <laughs> yeah, you remember that one. Well. He becomes the new head coach at Benjamin, and everybody goes, that Benjamin team was poised to be really good, and now you're going to add the best player maybe in six-man football to the roster? Holy cow. 
Well, guess what? What oh, was wow. it? What's this been now? Three weeks, two weeks. Another big surprise happens. So supposedly, Coach Nathan Hayes was at Richland Springs, I believe. Decides to come to Benjamin. Coach Rigdon steps down to become the defensive coordinator. Nathan Hayes, you know, that's a guy who's won multiple state titles with Kroll in the past. Had Water Valley playing really well last year. He brings his All-State freshman linebacker with him, Talon Hayes. Mm-hmm. And now you look at Benjamin, and there's a reason people have them ranked number one in the state. You're talking about a team that most people would have had top 10 anyway. Now you've added the best player in six-man, arguably, and a what's going to be a sophomore who was All-State last year, and you go, oh, my Oh, well, and you can't forget about Brody White, who was already there. I saw, I watched him throw the discus at State, and let me tell you, he's a beast. And, and, it's, and that's going to be scary. It will it, be. I mean, and that that's the funny thing, because you talked about Brody White. If I remember right, if I remember seeing the stats right, he ran for over 2,000 yards last year. Yeah, he, he was quite impressive. He's an impressive athlete on his own. I think the question that is on everyone's mind is, Will all those big, strong players be able to play together as a team and have good chemistry? Because we both know if you don't have good chemistry, someone's going to sneak up and smash you in the mouth. Definitely. Definitely. And so that that will be the interesting part. You and I are not going to sit here and speculate what went on. You know, mm-hmm. the only thing I will say is, and this is what I have learned uh, in my time in six-man, coaches move around like crazy. I call it silly season. <laughs> oh my goodness. It, it is unbelievable um, that, you know, you see so much movement going on. We'll leave uh, it at that. Well, but, but okay. If you're going to, if you're going to talk about all the movement, you also have to talk about the program builders. Yes. You have lots who move around a lot. And then you have those that choose to stay at a place and build a program from the ground up doesn't matter what kind of coach you are if either one i mean you could do both i guess if you wanted to there's two two sides to every coin why do i always end up playing devil's advocate (laughs) well this is a tough one like i say you you and i we could you know if you go to sixmanfootball.com and look at the forums this the threads go so long i I get i just get bored and tired of reading them it makes me dizzy (laughs) back and forth that goes on there end of the day coach hayes coach rigdon with their talented boys are in benjamin on a team that was already loaded and they're scary looking i mean they really are on paper that is a team that if they don't win state i think everybody would be stunned well i agree with that but, you know, there's a lot more than just athletic ability on the line here. There definitely is. Rest of that district, I'm sure they've watched what went on at Benjamin and went, are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, we'll, st- we'll start with the Paducah Dragons. Uh, they've only got two starters on offense, three on defense coming back. New coach and Eric Rakita coming in there. They were four and six last year. You got the Chillicothe Eagles, two and eight last year. Kroll with Coach uh, Mitchell Parsley there. That's a, a legend. He knows about legends and six-man uh, they were two and six last season, three starters, both sides of the ball. And the Herald Hornets, who I almost am positive they have fewer kids in the school than Westbrook has out in their entire football program, 0-6 last year. Uh, four starters coming back, both sides of the ball for uh, Coach Howard there. But uh, I just, you know, to be honest with you, I think this district comes down to Kroll and Paducah for number two. But it, it's obviously everybody's looking up at Benjamin in District 6. I totally agree. Benjamin's just there. So we're going to have to, you know, it's going to be between Chillicothe, Kroll, Harold, and Paducah. Um, I really think that Kroll is going to, I mean, with a coach like Coach Parsley, how can you you not learn some good stuff? Um, not only that, but it'll be interesting to see him meet his high school coach on the sidelines. Won't that be fun? I always yeah. love seeing that. Oh, that will be great. On to District 7, and uh, this district led by the Throckmorton Greyhounds. Greyhounds were 11-1 and last season. They got three starters coming back, both sides of the ball. Coach C.J. Hans does a really good job. Uh, you know, that's a team that stepped down several years ago from 11-man, and they're one of the teams that has done a good job of making that transition. You and I see it all the time. Sometimes they come down, and these teams really struggle for the uh, 
the type of football that six man is. Throckmorton was not one of those that's done that. And uh, Coach Hans, you know, he's really excited about Cooper Grenko. He's a returning All-State uh, defensive lineman, Zachary Woodfield, an all-region defensive lineman, along with Hayden McCovey. McCovey? I'll mess it up. I think way. it's McAvoy. McAvoy. Maybe. I don't hey, know. There you go. We're going to call him Hayden, and he's a good football player. He's a returning all-region linebacker. And then Jacob Gaspar, uh, a returning all-region spread back. And Coach Hans, uh, he, he really likes those group of kids that he's got. They've been grinding all season, getting geared up for football, and they're excited to finally be able to put it together. And, you know, Throckmorton's one of those teams, when you look at them, I think they're going to be better than people might think they're going to be because they were good last year. The more they keep playing six-man football, I think they're going to get better. And, and, and I expect a lot of good things from the Greyhounds. I do, too. I'm, you know, I'm a, a big believer in Coach Hance over there at Throckmorton, and um, he's put together a, a really good program, and they've just been getting better and better every year. So watch out for those Greyhounds. The rest of the uh, teams in this district, you got the Woodson Cowboys, four and five under this uh, last year under Coach Hagel. Uh, three starters coming back both sides of the ball. The Looters of Aka Raiders. That's a mouthful. Under new coach David Finch, three and six last year. The Rural Bobcats under Coach Barkowski. He's a new coach there. Five and four last year. They do have five starters coming back both sides of the way. And then the Paint Creek Pirates, who has a new coach, and it's one we just talked about. Shannon Waters, who was at Benjamin, now at Paint Creek. And I got to think... I'd like to say, you and I don't know what went on, and we don't really care. I got to think, though, he's really trying to make uh, impress people with what he can try and do there in Paint Creek. Well, you know, it's been a while since Paint Creek had a really good program, really done well in the six-man ranks. And so um, give it to 1A Coach of the Year in 2021, Shannon Waters. Hopefully he can take the Pirates and turn them around. On to uh, District 8, and this one's Goldberg, Forsberg, Newcastle, and some team named the uh, Strana Greyhounds under uh, head coach Dwayne Lee. Oh, yeah. 15-0 last year. State champions. Now they've lost. Grayson Rignan, we talked about that. So with that loss, they have no starters coming back either side of the ball. That's a rarity in six-man. It is, but this is Coach Lee. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about if you've ever been to one of his practices, you would know that they're going to be competitive. They're going to oh, give it every ounce of effort that they have. And I, I just love Coach Lee. He makes me laugh. Um, most people probably think, what? Coach Lee makes you laugh? Yeah, he really does. Um, he's a great coach. His top three players this year are senior Kyler Tunnel, junior Jesse Corona, and their quarterback, Leo Della Torre, and um, I asked Coach Lee for a quote, and this is so Coach Lee, it's ridiculous, but he says, knuckle up. There you go. If you ever had a season to actually record what's going on at Strawn, <laughs> this would be the year. It would be great to see Coach Lee and... Uh... <laughs> knuckle up, I'm telling you, and that's exactly what you're going to see this year from the Strong Greyhounds. Uh, don't expect them to be down. I mean, that, that's no. just a given. No, ranked number seven in the state. Uh, another team in this district uh, that was really good last year, the Goldberg Bears, nine and three last year, four starters coming back both sides of the way. Honorable mention all staters, Aiden Foster and Jayon Grace coming back. Bears really looking to make some noise there in that district. Another uh, team looking to make some noise, the Newcastle Bobcats dropping down from Division One. Kind of they changed spots there with Gordon. The Longhorns went up. A division so no longer strong and gordon in the same district uh and i know you caught up with coach archer the new head coach there and got his thoughts on his team so coach archer he's excited to he was at he's been at newcastle a couple of years as the assistant coach and he was promoted to head coach for the 2022 season newcastle will be led by a heavy class of juniors this year our returning two-way starter will be Ty Strawbridge. Ty had an amazing offseason and has really taken off on the role of captain for the team. They're looking for a big season from Ty this year. They also returned their quarterback from last year, Julian Jimenez. He, too, has had a good offseason and has improved defensively in his play as well. 
the Bobcats look for Julian to contribute on both sides of the ball this year. Um, Coach Archer says that they are blessed with two young men that have moved to that class to join both Ty and Julian, and they have put in a lot of work. Isaac King comes to them from Jayton, and he was he's the returning newcomer of the year. And Kennedy Jones, who comes in to support with some athletic ability, um, as he was the top three regional finalist last year in the 110 hurdles. So they'll have one senior, three to four sophomores, and a handful of freshmen that they will need to prepare to help step in if any bumps come along the way. So that that's a look at the uh, Newcastle Bobcats and then finishing off that district. Forsberg, the Longhorns, three and five last year. They do have five starters coming back uh, for Coach Roller on both sides of the ball. So that should be a very competitive district, I think. Uh, Strawn, you know, they may be in strong words, down a little bit. Uh, Goldberg looking strong. Newcastle, Forsberg. That should be a really competitive District 8 there. And uh, we talked about Newcastle ranked just outside the top 10 on sixmanfootball.com, coming in at number 11. On to Region 3 we go. We'll begin in District 9 there. When you look at this district, I think Oakwood is a team that a lot of people are looking at. The Panthers return three starters both sides of the ball for their new head coach, uh, J.J. Johnson. And, uh, you know, this is a team, Isaiah Jacobs is coming back. And I know you caught up with Oakwood and got a thoughts there from their offensive quarter coordinator. I'll spit it out in a minute. Tommy Tritz. Yes, uh, they they really like senior uh, Zach Nickerson, senior Trinity Bynum, and senior Isaiah Jacobs. He says offensively, they are the three players that make the Oakwood system go. Um, they ha Having a spread center like Trinity Bynum also allows them to create one-on-one -on -one opportunities for his running backs to create plays in open space. He indicated that a productive first scrimmage at Union Hill and look to build upon those looks heading into scrimmage two at Keene this coming Friday. So there's a look at the Oakwood Panthers, the other team in that district to watch out for, the Fannindale Falcons, 7-3 and three last year, four starters coming back, both sides of the ball. Comante Cuba was a second-team linebacker and a new head coach, Denver Bowden. So the uh, Falcons looking to make some noise. And then the other two teams in this district, the Apple Springs Eagles, uh, four starters coming back, both sides. They were only 1-8, but I would imagine Coach Morey is looking to get more out of them this year. And then the Trinidad Trojans and uh, Coach Warren looking to get off the schneid there. The Trojans went 0-10 last season, and uh, so they're going to be looking to get into the win column this year. On to District 10. Uh, this one made up of Bynum, Copperell, uh, Morgan, and Mount Calm. And, uh, you know, we'll start with Bynum, the Bulldogs, 5-5 five and five last year, five starters on offense, four on defense coming back for Coach uh, Morgan. He called out Skylar Briscoe. Jaden Tovar and Blaine. Why, why do I always My Narsic, I think. My Narsic, thank you. Uh, Coach Morgan, he says they do have a lot of guys coming back with a lot of experience. Um, uh, in the last two years, is underclassmen, so he's got a solid group of senior leaders. His guys weren't happy how the last two years went in their previous district, and it showed in their work ethic in the first two weeks of practice. So, Coach Morgan, excited about what the uh, Bynum Bulldogs there can pull off. Another team in that district. That would be the Morgan Eagles, three and six last year, but they do have four starters coming back on both sides of the ball, including an honorable mention All-Stater and Adrian Vera Rico. That and name sounds familiar. It does, and I know you talked to uh, Coach Edward Avalas there and got his thoughts on the Eagles. Yes, he says uh, his players are willing to work and do the little things that will enable the Eagles to be successful. He says they lack some size but with a couple of new players and pending their progress, they will bulk up the line. Uh, his seniors and juniors have had a lot of experience to get some very good teams and in some very good football games since they were freshmen. They have grown and learned what it takes to be successful, and they have put themselves in a position to be contenders. They definitely understand the expectations. And he points to... Adrian Rico, who's a senior, uh, he had all-purpose yards with 10 TDs, 64 tackles. Kaysen Sims is the senior quarterback. Uh, Kaylin Watts is a senior. 
and Tony Connor is a senior. They got some bulk up there for the Morgan Eagles, and we need to make sure we watch for them because they're going to be coming out of the gate pretty fast. Definitely. The other two teams are rounding out that district. Uh, Mount Calm, the Panthers, 5-4 and four last year, four starters coming back both sides of the ball, and the Carpal Eagles, 0-7, but five starters coming back both sides. That's another team looking to get a victory after going winless last year. On to District 11, and, uh, you know, when you look at this district, talking about Buckholtz, Calvert, Oglesby, and Steinbox, the Longhorn, back into varsity action. That's right. I have my favorite coaches because they're just such big personalities, and uh, Coach Jeb Dixon over in Oglesby is definitely one of them. So I asked him to give me a little information about Oglesby, And he pointed out Cash Lee, Kyler Fawcett, and Brody Fisher. He said they're fairly young with only one senior, but practice has been really good. His kids are hungry and have worked really very hard. And as always, Coach Dixon says, this is a very fun group of kids to coach. So there's a look at uh, one of the teams in that district, uh, Oglesby there, and Coach Dixon. Another team in this district that always makes noise, that's the Calvert Trojans. Four and four last year. I think sickness and just some things. Calvert wasn't their normal selves last year, but they do have four starters on offense, five on defense coming back. So I got to think that the Trojans definitely will be looking to make a little bit more of a mark this year when you look at the football. I think so, but, you know, MJ Thomas moved out. Um, He moved to a larger school. His dad's uh, got a basketball coaching position elsewhere. Um, but they've got a lot of kids coming back that, I mean, you have a uh, second team wide receiver, Cavandre Corona, and then Antonio Porter Jr., who was honorable mention, all state. And then you have, oh my gosh, I can't even count how many they had on all region list. Yeah, I know there, there's a lot there. So coach Hayes looking for, you know, a, a definite improvement on the Trojans. Also in this district, uh, we talked about Dimebox returning to varsity action under Coach Rick Fry, uh, four and three last season. And then the Buckholtz Badgers, one and eight last year under Coach Kilgore, but six starters returning both sides of the ball. So that may be a very competitive district when you look at District 11. On to District 12. And, uh, you know, speaking of being competitive, this this was kind of interesting when you look at at this district here. It's made up of Bluffdale, Cransfield Gap, Iredale, and Walnut Springs. I'm going to start with Iredale. That's a team I've heard a lot of good things about. Uh, only two and five last year, but six starters coming back both sides of the of the way. And so, uh, you know, I think Iredale might be one of those teams that you, sometimes you take your lumps with all those underclassmen and then you look really good. And I also know that uh, – and then I know you caught up with the uh, head coach, Rody Johnson, out at Cransfield's Gap. Uh, the Lions seven and four last year. They've got a lot of returners uh, coming back, and uh, Coach Johnson excited to see what he's got in the fold there. Yes, he's got senior Aiden Doty coming back at the quarterback and running back positions. Senior Case Kohler and senior Hayden Kirby are coming back for Cranfield's Gap. I think that most schools and and coaches in that part of the world or that part of Texas calls them just gap (laughs) (laughs) but uh coach johnston says the boys have been working really hard these past few weeks and are really getting geared up for the regular season having a new coach come in and installing a new system can be challenging but the guys have bought in and they have adjusted well we constantly preach the motto better today than we were yesterday and they have really lived up to that so far this season so that's a look at the Cransville, or we'll just call them the Gap. I like that. We'll just call them the Gap Lions. Yes, they're, that, yes. That works for me there. Uh, other two teams in this district, Bluffdale, the Bobcats, six and three last year. A whole host of uh, starters returning both sides of the ball there for them. And then the Walnut Springs Hornets, four and six last year, three starters on offense, four on defense, including Diego Munoz, who was a second team all region running back coming back. And hey, you look at this district, it looks to be wide open. Um, like I say, I've heard really good things about Ira Dale Cransfield's gap was uh, successful last year. So really curious to see who takes a district 12 in that one. 
Right, and you can't you, you can't overlook Bluffdale at all because they they sneak in there sometimes and and they're they're actually a fairly new school, fairly new being less than ten years old. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, you know, in six man, you never know. You know, they were six and three, so uh, got to watch out for Bluffdale. So that wraps up Region Three. And so we'll finish it up in Region Four. We'll start in District Thirteen. I think in District Thirteen. You've got to start with the Lorraine Bulldogs, ranked number nine in the state, eight and four last year. All six starters coming back, both sides of the ball. That's uh, scary. It That's is scary. It is. You know, when when you talk about then, uh, Davian uh, Walthall was a defensive workhorse for them. He's a leader of the team. Uh, he's a great kid, got a great attitude, and a hard worker. Uh, I know that they say he is the glue that keeps the team together, and uh, that, you always got to have that guy on the team. Uh, so that's a Davian Walthall there. A.J. Williams, he's their leader in offensive stats, a dynamic playmaker on both sides of the ball, and uh, he's going to be a threat. And then Damian Delgado, a solid offensive and defensive player, a grinder. Hey, you love that word, don't you? A grinder. Uh, you know, and that I can him. I can actually visualize Coach Popham <laughs> saying that he's a grinder. <laughs> so uh, lots coming back for Lorraine, and uh, they're going to be looking to make some noise, like I say, ranked number nine. The other teams in this district, the Blackwell Hornets, four and seven last year, four starters on offense, three on defense, coming back for Coach Lowry. The Trent Gorillas. I just love the mascot. That's it's just great. Well, four. if you ever go to their school, they have an enormous gorilla right there on the front lawn going in the front door. It's fabulous. <laughs> so Trent, four and six last year, four starters on offense, three on defense coming back. And then the uh, Bront Longhorns, two and eight last year. But if you talk to Coach Rutledge, he will tell you he has six starters coming back, offense and defense. Well, that would be Coach Tell Rutledge. You got my pun there, didn't you? I Come did. Come on, Bobby. Come I on. I did. I did. I'm sorry I didn't laugh. It was such a dad <laughs> joke. <laughs> yeah, my kids would say the same. They had such a dad joke. Move on, Dad. <laughs> so that that district, uh, I do think Lorraine is the uh, team to take there. But, uh, you know, I don't think you can look past anybody else. And Bront with uh, six starters coming back both sides, even though they were two and eight, you definitely got to keep an eye out for them. Yes, definitely. They have experience. So. Speaking of dad jokes, you know that a lot of dads, if they're listening to this, probably laughed at that joke. Well, yeah, and they're smart guys. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's so let's move on to uh, District 14. Uh, this uh, district made up of Moran, Paint Rock, Rising Star, and Panther Creek. They need to kick Moran out of this one because they only have one name and their first name, not two, like everybody else. But oh, well, <laughs> it's it's fast to say. How about that? That that it definitely is. I think this will be an open district as well. When you look at it, here, here are the re, the last year's records: two and seven, five and five, five and four, three and six. And then when you look at the starters coming back: five and five, four and four, five and five, six and six. Two new head coaches and Jeff Shelton there at Paint Rock, uh, dropping uh, down into Division Two, and Gary Beam at Panther Creek. You know, I think this is a wide open district. I I tend to agree with you, but. Um, I think that um, Paint Rock got a new coach, Jeff Shelton. He comes back to us from the 11-man ranks. We're glad that Coach Jeff Shelton has has come back to the family. He said that Senior South Fuentes and Mason Miras both will split time. Our DBs on defense, uh, Junior Eric Jefferson is a is a strong player coming back. And Coach Shelton said learning a new system takes time, but the boys are picking it up pretty well. We have a good mix of size and speed, and numbers for JV, JV will help our depth. We'll also need to steadily improve through the pre-district schedule to have a shot at the playoffs. So I know they're real excited at Paint Rock to have Coach Shelton there, and Dency attended um, a scrimmage where Paint Rock and Panther Creek, um, she said that they looked pretty good. She was very impressed to see both of those teams stepping it up a notch from the past few years. That's great to hear. On to District 15, uh, Blanket, Gustine, Mullen, Sydney, and Zephyr. They are all in this district. Uh, when you look at it, the uh, Blanket Tigers, that's a team that uh, was 8-2 and two last year. They do have four starters coming back, both sides of the ball, uh, for their new head coach there, Michael Cherry, who you talked to I did. He said we will rely heavily 
on the three seniors, uh, Braden Day, Levi Vasquez, and Aiden Wheeler. Two of those are coming off big some big injuries, but they can stay healthy, that they will be very competitive. And so when you look at that district blanket, definitely looks like the uh, team to beat there. Uh, Gustine, one and nine last year. They do have four starters coming back both sides under a new head coach and Coach Kabinsky. Uh, the Mullen Bulldogs, five and three last year, but they do have an All-Stater coming back in uh, Troy Shelton. He was an honorable mention All-Stater. The Sydney Eagles, four and six last year with three starters back both sides. And then the Zephyr Bulldogs, another team that was unable to get a victory last year. But the Bulldogs do have six starters coming back both sides of the way. So, you know, they're going to be playing with a lot of hunger to try and get off the schneid there, especially with six starters coming back on both sides. Definitely. They've had a few number issues the last few years, but they have they have a, a good group of players out this year. So uh, Coach Phillips looks for them to, to be much more competitive in 2022. Well, let's round up Division Two in Region 4, District 16. You have to start with the Richland Springs Scouts, and, and that's normal. It, it is normal. They've been a part of kind of this whole drama. Coach Hayes was there for a little bit. But uh, they did have a move in. They did. And uh, quite the athlete coming in there for Coach Burkhardt. And not that they needed it. You know, Keston Lusty, uh, that's a ball player there. First team defensive line for the Cowts, who went in 10-2 last year. Three starters coming back both sides. Caton uh, Tharp is coming back. He was a second team tight end, all state for them. But then you're going to add... Coach Harley Etheridge and his son of Braxton Etheridge. The unicorns was, going home to Richland Springs. Exactly. You know, that's that's one heck of an athlete. Played for Spring Lake Earth last year. And now you add him to this roster. And, man, Richland Springs looks really, really good. And there's a reason they're ranked number three in the state. There is. Uh, we're going to have to see how all those players play together, just like anything else with move-ins. But... You know, Braxton, he holds his own. And again, yeah, you you talked about Keston Lusty. Well, my goodness, Lusty. Do you remember that name from a few years ago? What was it, 2018? Exactly. I see uh, Richland Springs uh, pretty much taking Region 4. And I'm sure some people will not like me for that. But, um, <laughs> you know, sometimes I just try to speak the truth. But you just never know. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, uh, a couple of teams looking to make noise in this district. One of those, the Cherokee Indians. They were seven and four last year. Four starters coming back both sides, uh, including uh, Ray Ligon. He was a second-team All-State kicker. And Joel Valdez, uh, he was an honorable mention All-Stater, as well as newcomer of the year for Coach White. So Cherokee, hear a lot of positive things about them. And then you talked to uh, uh, Coach Cherry out at Rochelle. Uh, the Hornets seven and three last year, but five starters coming back both sides of the ball. Yes, and this would be John Cherry, brother to Michael Cherry at Blanket. He says, you know, their spread back linebacker Kelton Williams is an explosive sophomore that will lead the offense to be a high-scoring machine. Fullback middle linebacker Sean Estes, he's a big bruiser who will lead the physicality on the team and look to set the tone. And then spread back safety, Merrick Howell. Uh, this sophomore's agility and great arm strength give him the chance to be a deep threat and potential to get the ball in various ways to other playmakers. So uh, Coach Cherry, very high on the Rochelle Hornets there. And as we all know, this district is really chock full of rivals. I know that Richland Springs and Cherokee battle it out every year. So, yeah, so Cherokee and Rochelle both looking to make uh, some noise against the Richland Spring Cowts, who obviously are going to be the prohibitive favorites in that district. Also in this district, you've got the Brooksmith Mustangs, 1-8 and eight last year. Uh, two starters coming back both sides of the ball, the Lone Eagles, 0-8, oh but they do have five starters coming back both sides looking to make some noise. I think you got a couple of teams in there that are going to run away with it. But this group of teams in this district, you just never know what's going to happen. I mean, how many times has Cherokee almost beat Richland Springs in the last second of a game the last few years? They played their tails off when they played Richland Springs. And RS, they're going to have a big old target on their back just like they do every year. Let's see how they handle it. Definitely. So there's a look at Division Two. 
Top 10 is Benjamin, Balmeray, Richland Springs, Klondike, Jayton, Woodherald, Strawn, Motley County, Lorraine, and Groom. Last week, we talked about Division One, and just so you have those, the sixmanfootball.com rankings there. Westbrook won, no surprise. Abbott, Rankin, Happy, May, Jonesboro, Van Horn, Valley, Spring Lake Earth, and Spur. And uh, so, you know, it, it's it's going to be fun. We're almost there, Bobby, almost there. We got more scrimmages coming up Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then the regular season starts. We're going to be on next Sunday. And when we do that, we'll start looking at week one games. And you really have to start at the Jayton Gridiron Classic because some fantastic games. And I don't want to steal our thunder for next week, but holy cow, there's some big boy games going on there. There are some big boy games. And I'm going to go to that Balmeray ranking game that first week, that Friday. But you can bet that Saturday I'll be I'll be four and a half hours down the road in Jayton, Texas. Most definitely. So anyway, there's our wrap up of division two. Uh, we talked about the outset uh, prayers, uh, a speedy recovery there for Blake Beard at a Valley. And we'll be back next Sunday. Uh, we'll take a look at the first week of the year. There are some fantastic matchups and we're going to find out in a hurry exactly where some teams are. I'll, I'll also do, I've been digging and doing some research on volleyball and so uh, we'll be talking uh, about volleyball next next week as well. Oh, that'll be a blast. That'll be a blast. And, well, you know, Coach Josh Staniland, uh will be joining us next week uh, to talk about the gridiron. You are right. That, that'll be a lot of fun, uh, Coach Staniland, on with us. Looking forward to that one. So until next Sunday, I'm Craig Spear with the Happy Sports Network and PressPassSports.com. And I'm Bobby Brown, a Texas 1A fan. Remember... Go forward and do good.